Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. We're excited to engage with you about homeschooling in a different way this time. We're going to talk about eight disciplines that accelerate learning. We get so many questions. Well, Angie gets so many (laughs) questions about homeschooling right now as the world has turned to homeschooling. Well, and you know, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you've heard us acknowledge the truth that what is happening right now is not truly a good reflection of homeschooling. It's more like school at home. Because it's Uh, lacking the positives of socialization on the co-ops and all the good things you can do all the activities that you can do the extras yeah that you so can that's do. good to be aware of yeah and because it's important to realize that you know what you're experiencing right now you may be going oh wow there's some really good things like i'm really glad that there there are some redemptive things happening in our home in the sense of having a courageous parenting attitude yeah which is oh, my kid has some sin in some areas. And instead of being frustrated with that, frustrated Mm -hmm. with their attitudes, you go, good thing I'm able to see this right now. I'm going to dig in with them, disciple them, and lead them to the Lord and help them to grow out of that, right? Amen. So, But but it still can be hard for people because there's aspects of homeschooling that they don't realize are missing. So, Well, we're going to dive in in a second. We have eight Mm -hmm. disciplines, uh, four of which we're going to talk about in this podcast episode. And Mm -hmm. next week, we'll cover the other remaining four. So it's a two-part series. Now, hey, the last time we did two-part series, uh, it went really, really well. So we're hoping you love this and love the next Mm -hmm. one and share it because Mm -hmm. it really helps with the One Million Legacies movement, uh, which we've been pursuing since the beginning, uh, since I left the work world, the business world, to do full-time ministry with Angie. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had this on our hearts to do. So you're a big part of that, whether you you donate at CourageousParenting.com or you share or you give reviews on iTunes or anywhere else or share posts. All and of that stuff you know helps. What? And guys, we're just so encouraged because when we started this too, part of it was that we wanted um, we wanted people to realize they were not alone because there were times when we felt alone. Yeah. And it's not good to be running the race alone. Um, and so if you feel like you are alone in, in your parenting and in pursuing biblical parenting and being a courageous parenting, making hard decisions, I want to encourage you all just do a plug for one of our previous podcasts, which is don't do the race alone. Yeah. So good. go look in season one and you'll find a lot of encouraging podcasts there too. Now, something the Spirit prompted us to do this year, mm-hmm. uh, just really in the last month since COVID-19 and all the things around that are happening, and the financial challenges people are having, is we started giving some courses away. And what's been really encouraging to me is that nobody has taken advantage of that. Yeah. Meaning, meaning yeah. we've given almost 100 courses away mm-hmm. so far, but only the only people that have gotten them are people in real need. Right. Where like they're, they've lost their jobs, their husbands have lost their jobs. And there's just no way they can pay for right. it. And so obviously when people buy courses, that is one of the primary ways we uh, make that money. is the primary and way. Yeah. Is. yeah well, so, yeah. so that's important, but, and that's happening too. And that's just been encouraging that people are buying them, even though we put that announcement out 
um, but people mm-hmm. in real need message us and we yeah. can we can do that. And I, I think that it's important that people realize too that when they are investing in their in a course, they're investing in their legacy, but they're also enabling us to be able to bless another family too when that happens. Yeah. And so um, just wanted you guys to know that that was really huge on our heart. So when you buy so, one, likely someone else is getting one and yeah. uh, because you did that. And mm-hmm. that's really cool. It's another mm-hmm. way you're part of the One Million Legacies movement and more people can be impacted uh, even mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. husband lost the job or mm-hmm. something like that right now. So that's really cool. Uh, we are praying for those who are financially challenged right now. We know full well what it's like to lose income, yeah. lose a business, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. There was a time where half a million dollars in debt from a business was following us and no income and we had a large family. And mm-hmm. we remember vividly that. But you know what? We clung to the Lord. And so if that's you, we pray that you cling to the Lord. He will not let you down. Things don't work out exactly how we always want them to do, but they always work out in the very best way that God wants them to happen. Yeah. And so we just know that we're lifting you guys up. We're praying for you. We've been in those situations, like Isaac said. And um, we also want to, you know, one thing while Isaac was sharing that, it just hit me. If you, I know that I mentioned a podcast already, but if you haven't listened to the one that's raising your kids through life struggles, I really think that that could be a powerful podcast for couples to listen to if you are struggling financially during this time. Um, we have a couple podcasts on how to parent through hard life situations. Yeah. Um, and I, I really think that this is an opportunity. I just want to exhort you and encourage you as one sister to another or a sister to a brother. Like we've walked through those hard times and we had a choice to make on whether or not we were going to um, try to shelter our children from experiencing any of the consequences of our sin or bad decision making. Or things being imposed on us. Right. Which is happening now a lot. Right, exactly. Um, Um, And yeah, or things being imposed upon you. Yeah. Um, We had a choice to make on if we were going to shelter our children completely from that and what we were going to allow them to experience. Um, And we chose to make ourselves transparent and vulnerable with our kids and and sharing things so that they could see a biblical model. We felt really strongly that that was something God was calling us to, to walk in for the first time, but also to model for our kids what it looks like to walk through trials as believers. So we actually all have an amazing opportunity right now to model what Christian living is supposed to look like in time, uncertain times. Absolutely. So. And by the way, uh, we recently launched a health workshop. It's free, completely free. Yeah, it's that about was fun. 50 minutes because Angie's 20 years now married and uh, yeah. raising eight kids. And she has always pursued since the beginning helping our family heal mm-hmm. naturally and proactively boost our health through natural methods. And while being a full believer in doctors and medicine and so forth, but only when the natural path doesn't work. And so, yeah, we've tr- really pursued to have a balanced perspective on that, not making an idol out of either. Yeah. So if you want to, so. if you want to check that out, it's in the show notes at courageousparenting.com, along with all the biblical references, any resources to talk about a video of this episode, uh, and so forth. So let's dive in. So okay. the first of eight, um, is disciplines. The first of eight disciplines. Yes. Thank yes. you. Is to teach to your kids interests. Yeah, so this is, um, you know, obviously this kind of goes in alignment with um, more of a delight-directed study or even Charlotte Mason had the philosophy of education where you're in integrating all aspects of a child's whole life, Yeah. okay? Um, I'm not going to dig really 
deeply into that approach of homeschooling, although we do cover that all of the approaches of homeschooling in the homeschooling blueprint course that we just launched. Um, but I think that this is an important aspect that all people, regardless of your approach of homeschooling, whether you're Montessori homeschooling or you're um, classically educating your kids or you're doing a literature-based curriculum, you can teach to your kids' interests. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a really important aspect that will accelerate learning because obviously don't you in, you learn more if you're enjoying what you're learning, right? Like yeah. if someone was assigning you to read something that you weren't interested in and then you also had some books on the side that you wanted to read because you knew you were going to apply them to your life immediately what would you choose and what would you enjoy reading more of and what would call you back to reading it mm -hmm. of course the things that you're interested in and so I'm, I'm not saying that we cater completely to that because obviously like our not all kids love math but math is something they need to learn yeah. right and so there are those core subjects that we need to be teaching our kids and making sure they're being stimulated in. But at the same time, really paying attention to your kids, studying them, seeing what they're interested in and finding either a unit study or creating something on your own, depending on the type of person that you are, and diving into those things that your kids are interested in can really accelerate their learning because they want to learn it. And there's so many different kinds of people. God made each person unique. Mm -hmm. And if you've uh, ever taken a personality test or something like that. There's actually truth to those. It comes from 2000 years ago, the temperaments and different assessments mm -hmm. kind of all say the same thing. Some are more accurate than others, but really you and your kids have different learning styles and mm -hmm. are wired differently. And that really can um, be a blessing with education and it can wreak havoc in education if we're not adapting to who people are in the personal interest. That's right. Which is super important. I, I remember, for example, I was publicly educated. Now, at the very beginning, actually, early years, I was in an alternative school where everybody was in an open room and kind of uh, learned on your own with people helping in more of a disorganized approach is the way organic I, the I way think i organic remember it is probably yeah you were and, the middle and i fell through the cracks and was very shy mm. and really didn't i needed more structure and direction but probably in an area of my interests and so that was really challenging i remember actually being uh threatened to hold back a grade or i had to go into the special education class for a little while mm -hmm. and then this wonderful mom volunteer worked with me one-on-one -on -one immediately I was back to speed. It was literally, I just was not doing anything. And I, I didn't know, have any direction. And, and how did that make you feel? Oh, it made me feel horrible. And in fact, I remember some kids calling me stupid. And this can have ramifications to somebody's identity. Thankfully, I was very stubborn in a good way in which I was... Uh, determined never to be stupid and I knew and to that. prove everyone wrong <laughs> absolutely so um, but not all kids have that determination but I remember it can be frustrating yeah. if we're not catering a little bit to who someone is because I remember one day I didn't realize I'm gonna share this but I turned the lights off in the school I was in that was to get everybody's attention and so but usually it's the teacher that does that and I turned the lights off and I said a very naughty word I said the f word to everybody whoa and I walked home that was in third grade and so, um, wow. and I just left, I walked home because I just felt totally alienated by the environment. And so I don't know, that could have been my sin for sure. I take responsibility for that. Um, but at the same time it was around, um, not feeling like I'm making progress, not feeling like it, it, 
you know, I understood what to do. Yeah. And I think it's important that like, you know, a lot of people have those stories. I have an opposite kind of situation just to, I'm not going to go into details, but you know, a lot of times people think that homeschoolers homeschool because they had a bad experience. And since you just shared a bad experience that you had with education, I just think that to balance out our story, it's important that people understand I had a fantastic educational experience. Um, I I mean, there were a couple years that were really hard for me when my parents moved and I switched. But you were like an A student. But yeah, I learned well in the box. Were you a cheerleader? I was a cheerleader. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so I mean, there were, I I did. I absolutely loved everything about. Socially, you were. I loved it academically you're thriving and but you know what's funny when we first talked about homeschooling Mm -hmm. I was the one for it or no I I was the one against it in for public school and you were the one that was more receptive I was more receptive but I also didn't want to so I was looking for reasons for why I wouldn't have to homeschool because I knew it was going to be a lot of work yeah and so I, I didn't I, want my kids you guys to be socially we're just awkward. sharing we're just sharing like true we're being really transparent right now we weren't planning on sharing this stuff but I think that it can be encouraging to you because maybe you relate yeah. to something that one of us has shared um but the important thing I think is to to think back to that little boy that you were just describing yeah. yourself 35 years ago. Yeah. 30 years ago, right? Or, yeah, long time ago. Long ago. <laughs> and, um, to, you know, today, how many little kids are that little boy, yeah. right? Where they are not fitting into the mold that the government or the education system has set up for them. Yeah. And instead of, and, and the teachers probably, I know many awesome awesome teachers who their heart goes out to those kids and they try so hard but you know what it's not their fault that they don't have enough time because they've got so many students and then later i remember in my later years like um you know was even high school i remember sitting there and the teachers in front and they're just teaching they're just pontificating just pouring out information constantly and I remember sitting there and I, I would, my knee would start bouncing and then I would grit my teeth. And then uh-huh. pretty soon I had these weird visions. I'm, I'm going to share this real quick. Oh my. You're going to think you guys I'm violent. Never, I'm really, I've never I'm really heard not this violent, stuff before. But I used to think, what is the fastest way out of this room? And it wasn't the door. The I had, window? Yeah. I was like, I was I had this no vision way. of standing up and throwing my desk out the window and jumping out after it. Oh my goodness. It was crazy. <laughs> it, was a, it was a single <laughs> level. It wasn't a suicidal thought. It was like a aggravated, frustrated thought. Of, I'm stuck in this, this is thing. Incredibly boring and I need to be doing something. Oh, interesting. You guys, I, these are stories I haven't even heard and we've been married 20 so years. So I, I just anyway. take that because I think it's important to pay attention to who people are. Now, I needed to probably be corrected in that thinking and yes you know you need to be obedient and i did i sat there i never did anything like that i wasn't a rebel but these are thoughts in my mind these are thoughts in my mind because of i don't think how i was in education was really for how i was wired yeah it's interesting so as we're talking about this first point still which is teach to kids interests it's important to understand that like there are kids that actually think that way like it's healthy for me to be challenged in my thinking hearing isaac share his story because that wasn't my story and we all need to be able to put ourselves in other people's perspectives we need to be stretched in that kind of way with our kids to study them to go wow okay so is this really a struggle with them am i pushing something that's in my agenda 
because somebody somewhere said that they have to learn this by the time they're age five or the mm -hmm. time they're age seven, when in reality, maybe they have a strength in a different area where it could actually like cultivate a real enjoyment in yeah. learning anything, yes. right? One thing and, and hold back that other thing that's just super, super hard for even just six months and then try yeah. it again and wait. And I had to learn that the hard way with some of our older kids. I mean, you always hear that story from parents yeah. of many that are like, oh, I made most of my mistakes with my firstborn or you know what I mean? There really is truth to that no matter how hard you try because we heard that and I was determined I am not going to be that parent that says that. But now looking back and having had eight, I recognize that there are things that are not even even a temptation to be a struggle for me yeah. as far as like I'm not as um, prone to push in a competitive nature of, oh, my kid has to meet these specific standards on this person's specific timeline it's more like looking at the whole person mm -hmm. seeing the interests also looking at the things that are required to be learned being able to focus on character and the knowledge of the word of god and then teaching them the core things right yeah but not being so um stuck in an agenda so you have to know their learning styles, and we talk a lot more about this in the Homeschooling Blueprint course. Right. We don't have time to go through everything today, and that's definitely in there. But you need to study your kids, and you need to think about, okay, do they need more breaks? Or, you know, what do I need to do? Do I need to, you mm -hmm. know, do I need to focus in on an area? And if they're allowed to mm -hmm. study in a delight-directed way, then the have-tos become easier for them too. And there are ways too, like when you're homeschooling, you said something like helping them to study in a way that helps them. And it just reminded me of one of our kids um, does better learning if he's kind of got some movement going, which was he probably gets that from you with yeah. your whole knee bouncing that you were just describing. Um, and so we got him one of those large um, exercise balls that they could just kind of bounce on. And honestly, I'm not kidding you, you guys, being able to read longer stints of time, doing math mm -hmm. faster, mm -hmm. fo more focused if he had a little bit of movement. And and before we figured that out, we were also able to start doing um, different things like having him work for 20 minutes and then having them jump on the trampoline for yeah. 20 minutes and then bring him back and do another 20 minutes work. And, you know, obviously that got larger as the kids got older older and it was a matter of growing in them this ability to be disciplined yeah. at getting things done. Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes if I would dangle this whole, oh, you can have a 20 minute break to jump on the trampoline or whatever it was, if I would say, if you do this, you can do this, they were more motivated to get it done so that they could get to the fun time, right? Yeah. And so there are ways that you can figure out those things that your kids are interested in that can actually be a reward for them and getting the hard things done also. Another thing is that depression is a big deal today. And and a mm -hmm. lot of kids are feeling alone and depressed and mm -hmm. um, it's just a sad thing. And I think part of that is wired within all of us is this desire to contribute mm -hmm. and and for our fellow human beings around yep. us to acknowledge that we have a reason to be here because we can, <laughs> to be can, here because we can contribute because yeah. there's value we can bring to other people's lives mm -hmm. and maybe kids can't always articulate it that way but that is wired in us and so when we wonder when kids and i remember wondering this too when i was an older kid i'm like why would anybody pay me for anything i remember having this weird thought and mm -hmm. i knew i wanted to be successful and do things but i couldn't pinpoint any skills i had 
that would be valuable. And that's sad. It can make yeah. you depressed. And yeah. I, I think that that's, that's a really important word for right now because finding things that your kids are good at even. Yeah. Maybe it's not something that they know they're interested in, but something that might come naturally to them because they are skilled like physically, right? Maybe they're just yeah. more athletic quickly. Being able to give them a bigger responsibility like chopping wood or mowing the, the yard, um, doing the weed whacker, maybe at a younger age than you actually you think you know, obviously you're going to supervise and teach them, but you might be surprised that they're actually good at that. And that gives them some sense of contribution and a job. And we actually, I, I wrote an article that was all about this was the most important thing that all teenagers need. Yeah. And it was actually that, well, that they, fulfillment of purpose. Kids grow to the level of responsibility you give them. Yeah. And so just remember that. But also when we're teaching, if they're delighting in what they're learning, so then they become passionate about it. Now they're learning outside the scope of requirements, outside the scope of expectation, mm -hmm. and they're feeling smart in an area they're passionate about. They feel like, I, and, and then they're excited to talk about what they're learning. And when people teach what they're learning, it further ingrains it in their heads. So if kids yeah. aren't passionate about at least some aspects of the things they're learning we can never be passionate about every aspect i mean because there's, there's just stuff that we all have we to all learn, have right? to do but we need to make that. sure within the curriculum there is an area of passion so that they're sharing about they're excited they're feeling valuable of contributing words of wisdom and smarts to the world yeah it's really important so let's move on to number two which is curriculum matters yeah so this is the second discipline that accelerates learning. Obviously, you need to be open-minded about the different possibilities that you have for choosing curriculum. Yeah. You may not be aware of this, but there are hundreds of curriculums available today. And all you have to do to find some of these, I wish there was one website I could say go to and you could see them all. But the truth is there are a few different websites. We do go more into depth on like specific curriculums. I actually, in the homeschool blueprint, it's so fun. You guys, the fourth video took me like 20 hours to prepare because I literally went through 16 years worth of curriculums in the garage and I pulled out my favorites and I showed them some of my favorites in the video. The way we kept but it not overwhelming is we put it by category in the 45 page workbook since you brought it up workbook download yeah the roadmap has links literally to the websites to look at those curriculums yeah. too and so really simplified so it's basically angie's all this experience and that simplified it down to these different areas and it makes it easy for parents to look at that so yeah, yeah but curriculum is really important i mean that's a big topic but yeah. It is. I mean, it w the reason why I'm bringing up the homeschool blueprint is because I can't go into obviously like, oh, if your child is a logical learner, then choose this curriculum. If your child is a kinesthetic learner, then choose yeah, this curriculum. Yeah, that was an hour session so, with uh, tons of resources yeah, in, a, exactly. in a book. Exactly. Yeah. And then <laughs> links for them to continue yeah. their education as homeschooling parents. And But I just want to encourage you that choosing a curriculum you know, I, I know the pressure and stress that I've put on myself over the years to try to pick the right curriculum. And one of the, the things that I do encourage parents with in that course that I want to encourage you with is that there isn't a perfect curriculum that's perfect for every kid. And so you really have to know your child, know yourself, know what areas maybe they've struggled in. Um, and know what areas they're really good at and being open-minded to trying new things with different kids even and not always just assuming you're going to use the same thing with each kid down the road because, because that, yeah. that's a different form of cookie cutter that is 
It's different than public education cookie cutter education, but it's still the same philosophy of like, I'm going to buy this once and use it with every kid. And that can work sometimes when you have certain learning styles that are the same or, um, you know what I mean? Like even handwriting curriculums, we haven't used the exact same workbooks with every kid. Well, here's the point you're saying too, is that every family's different. Every kid is different. Every teacher is different. You. Mm-hmm. And so w- sometimes it's about what you like to use to teach too. Because you need to be excited. Otherwise, if you're not, I mean, parents, if we have a bad attitude when we're teaching something or we're trying to motivate our kids to do yeah. schoolwork, our kids are going to mimic our bad attitude. And, and we want them to be delighting in learning. So we need to be delighting in teaching. Here's a, a scripture, Proverbs 25. 1225, sorry. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. So let's not forget as we're focusing kids in a direction of passion, passionate learning that they love, as we're picking curriculums mm-hmm. and so forth, that's going to work better for each kid. Mm-hmm. Yes, more expensive, but a good investment. Um, that what surpasses all of that is the words from you. Mm-hmm. For is, sure. Is, is the encouragement and because we never want a bad identity to develop in our kids associated with academics. And it's the good book here that has the real ultimate good word that can yeah. help and help you to facilitate and cultivate and encourage your child in having a strong biblical identity. Because each kid was made on purpose by God. They need to know this. Just mm-hmm. regurgitate to this one. Each kid was made on purpose by God for important works in this world. And you are their coach their teacher, their mentor, their instructor, you name it. And right here in Ephesians, it says, where am I? 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's you and that's your your kids. kids. Mm -hmm. Very good. So should we move on to number three, Ange? Yeah. So cultivate and grow a love for learning. And again, I almost feel repetitive in saying this. This is actually uh, session three. We talk about cultivating a love for learning more in depth in that one hour teaching mm-hmm. um, as well as a teachable heart. But I did want to just share with you some basics as far as um, growing and cultivating a love for learning. If you're a gardener, I've been, I was a gardener for many years. Um, We lived on a small hobby vineyard that we had cultivated with our family for about a decade. And I had gardens and herb gardens and a small orchard and chickens. And uh, wow, what a fun way to live for a decade. I miss it at times. Um, And... You guys, so many of the ways that I taught my kids lessons were using the analogy of gardens. And so I'm going to use that same analogy with you guys regarding cultivating and growing a love for learning in your kids because kids do actually naturally, God put in us this desire to know things. Mm -hmm. That's why Adam and Eve were tempted to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They wanted the knowledge, okay? So this is a thing that is in us, that we have this desire for knowledge. Um, And the truth is, though, that sometimes kids lose that 
initial curiosity, that inquisitiveness mm-hmm. in them. They, they. I don't know if you've ever watched a little, little kid, like a toddler, they're very imaginative. And as they get older, you might start to sense that their imagination is waning. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so one of the things that I have always tried to do is try to keep that imagination alive, but help the kids to steer it into productiveness as mm-hmm. they get older, as far as what is their art, which is one of the things that we yeah. talk about in the homeschool blueprint, helping your kids to find out what their art is. And yeah. I don't mean just fine arts. I don't mean just painting, although those can be some of them. Yeah. Um, and so I, my encouragement to you is that everyone has this inquisitive nature of wanting to know things, wanting to learn things, mm-hmm. being curious. And parents actually have a, an intrinsic influence, a sacred influence in their child's life to cut off that curiosity mm-hmm. by, for example, when kids are asking questions and they're asking a lot of questions, just pushing that away and saying, stop asking me questions or being annoyed with the questions. Yeah. That's one way you can shut off the curiosity over time in your kids. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's important that we actually encourage the question asking. Now, when I say that, I'm not meaning disrespectful question asking, like you tell them to do something and they sassily say why. That's not the kind of question asking I'm referring to. I'm talking about why do why did God make frogs able to have babies the way they do? Why, why did God make tadpoles first? And then why did they turn into frogs? Like that kind of curiosity should be encouraged. Yeah. And sometimes we just go, oh, because God made it that way. Right. Because we're busy of, with our agenda. Exactly. Instead of pausing and checking out a book at the library or maybe looking up a video on a YouTube channel that talks about the process of how frogs life cycle goes, right? Like there are so many ways that we can further encourage our child and show them that we actually enjoy learning alongside them, which is one of the yeah. ways that you cultivate a love for learning. You shift your mindset as a parent to see these opportunities to teach versus see the questions as a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of our agenda and what we're doing. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you stop whatever you're doing to answer. Not all the indeed, time. But no. you that's a cue. Oh, wait a minute. Later, I'm going to address this. I'm going to make that part of tomorrow's curriculum. Mm-hmm. And you can Google something yes, or something exactly. like that. And so one of the ways that you can cultivate this, I, I often like to think of it as cultivating a vineyard. So we talked about the importance of matching your curriculum to your child's need. And that's the first start. When you're cultivating a garden of a love for learning, you're going to yeah. pick you're going to pick out what seeds you want to plant, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as picking out your curriculum. So you're going to choose what you want your kids to grow in the knowledge of. What do you want to grow in your garden? You Maybe you and your husband have a date night and you discuss, like, what are the most important things that we want passed down in our legacy? And you, you know start talking in, about those you things. You know what's interesting about the vineyard is actually when we did the vineyard, we had to do research about the soil. Mm-hmm. And then we had to figure out what root structure actually would match that soil. Right. Which is the same thing. And then we had to amend the soil before we could plant the plants. Right. So this is a lot about everything we've talked about already. Mm -hmm. Which curriculum for which kid? Right. So you're going to be evaluating, doing research. Then you're going to pick your seeds. You're going to pick your curriculum, right? But then you don't just give your kids the curriculum. And let them go. It's the same thing as planting a seed. You have to tend it, right? You have to pull the weeds, which Mm -hmm. could be sin, bad attitudes, right? Along the way, you have to pull the weeds so that the kids, so they can grow, right? But then they also need watering or those plants are going to wither. 
right? It's the same thing for a love for learning. Like if your kids are set off on a path and they're really interested in it, but they need help. Let's say it's science Mm -hmm. and they can't do these lab projects that are in the Apologia curriculum of science without mom and dad's help. But mom and dad never have any time to help. Guess what's going to happen to that love for learning of science? It's going to wither. And so we actually have to recognize that we may be good at cultivating, but we need to be good at watering and tending the garden while our kids are in our home so that they continually have that love for learning. And another good idea just regarding this is to have ways where you're able to actually encourage or celebrate your kids when they are doing those good things, right? So true. And so I, I just think that there's an element of like, you need to appreciate, even if you're not interested in science, Yeah. you need to appreciate their interest in science, yeah. right? Yeah. And actually, guys, guess what this is doing? Not only is it cultivating a love for learning, it's encouraging your relationship with your kid, which is what is the foundation of them even having a teachable heart in the first place. I think place. you just created massive fear in this way, which what? is which we should, we'll address here. What are you talking about? I'm not good at science. How can I teach my kids science? Oh, well, I'm not good at science. And if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> That's the truth. I mean, in all seriousness. All you have to do right? is keep one step ahead of your kids. Or or not. And learn it with them. There you go. Like it's it's about, about being humility? humble yeah. and not having to have all of the answers. Do you, you know? Like I, I think that that's the that is the beautiful part about this is that if you come across as a parent that always has to have the answers right, then you're never gonna be an approachable parent and your kids are not gonna come to well, you I mean, for you, advice on things. You could things. choose to create know it all kids. Oh yeah, that's not a good idea. So if you always know it all, yeah, then they strive to always. You know guys, it all. you know what we're talking about—the know-it-all kids that the are always—they're the know-it-alls. They're the kids that don't really have friends because nobody wants to be friends with the know-it-all, right? Yeah. And so you know, you have to be. Can I just also encourage you, those of you who have bright, intelligent kids, and you've been stimulating them? That is a good thing if they know things. But you also need to have your detector up on pride, and you need to be willing to talk to your kids about pride yeah. and and just encourage them not to become that type of person. Talk to them about the know-it-alls. Yeah. <laughs> Warn them about it, right? <laughs> and I know that we had a. T- there were a couple of times where I had that conversation with one or two of our kids, where I was like. Oh, have you heard of the know-it-alls before? And we would have that conversation of what someone looks like when they're know-it-all. Yeah, they always have a Mr. and Mrs. Know-it-all in the family. Yes. So anyway, I think that it's really important that we have that discussion with our kids, but that we recognize our responsibility in cultivating, growing, and continuing to provide an atmosphere in our homes or in the garden for them to continue learning. Such a great analogy. And by the way, uh, if you're interested in the homeschool blueprint course, um, it is deeply discounted. It's a brand new course. It's six and a half hours of curriculum, 45 page workbook, and it's 63% off because of the COVID-19 and what everything that's going on right mm-hmm. now. So you can go to courageousparenting.com, hit the top menu on the left, and it's the third thing down, Mm -hmm. you'll see it, or it's in the show notes for this Mm -hmm. podcast episode. Also, another thing that was just interesting that came to my mind, we did our vineyard naturally, meaning that we literally pulled each weed in versus Mm -hmm. doing the roundup. We were encouraged to do a roundup where you just spray it and it kills the weeds. Because that's what all and it keeps most them off. vineyards do but, unless they're organic. But we had this hunch that roundup wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And, it and we had come, little kids. And it has come out in the last five years that it is really, really not good. Actually, the last couple of years. Um, and yes. for you. And that reminded me about discipline on a, just a quick different subject. Choosing because, the hard thing. Because, well, actually, <laughs> if a pen. parent is pulling the weeds of the heart, 
they're actively involved in nurturing the vineyard. Mm -hmm. But if they're just doing the easy route of spraying on the Roundup, yeah, they're temporarily killing those weeds. But they're going to come back. But they're going to come back. Because the roots are there. The roots are there. And so uh, technically they say it kills the roots, but that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. And that's like being a parent that disciplines that way, that just disciplines the action, but doesn't tend to the heart. Yeah. And that is one of the core reasons we made the parenting mentor program. So if you're interested in the biblical parenting program, you can check that out too. But um, let's yeah, those get- are two different things. Just to clarify, if you're a new listener, yeah. we have two different programs. We have the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program, which is a six-week, very robust program where we have like three different Facebook Lives that are 90 minutes. Yeah, that, it's the big it's program. It's the big program. Um, and then we have the Homeschool Blueprint, which, which is, is do it, do it, do it your at your own, own pace. Yeah. yeah, we're not connecting and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, um, so super, super good. So we have number four, the final point of the eight part series here. Okay. Or two, two parts, but eight sessions, eight, eight what do disciplines. You call I'm getting courses in my mind. Here. I know we have eight disciplines, <laughs> eight disciplines that accelerate learning. And the fourth one we're going to talk about today is ex- experiential learning. Learning. So experience, experience, experience. Oh man. For at least how I'm wired, that is everything. Right. Well, and a lot of people are this way, right? Like how many of you guys learn something, but if you go and do it, you remember it so much easier. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody kind of does, right? Um, And this is actually the beautiful aspect of homeschooling. This is where you have a lot of freedom to be creative. Um, And if you're not the creative type, maybe they're sitting there going, I'm not creative, Angie. Like that's the part that's hardest for me is getting out, right? Like that's a lot of work. And can I just share with you guys, I remember, and it is still a lot of work. I have eight children. Obviously, our oldest is in going to be going into her third year of college, Yeah. Um, although she's home because of COVID. Um, and we have kids all the way down to 20 months old. So in the thick of the, you know, toddler years, mm-hmm. and as well as having high schoolers and graduated kids and all in between, going out is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to have snacks. It's a lot of work to make sure everybody is potty trained. You've got enough diapers. You've got all the things. I was so impressed with you because back in the early years, I was trying to build the career, build the business, and I I was, and was doing very well every year, doing better and better financially and making lots of progress. But there was a cost Mm -hmm. to that, which I was gone quite a bit in the early years and less as things went, as the business built and I had leaders around me and things like that. But... um, it was amazing. Like you went to the zoo, which was like a 45 minute drive and busy. One way. Yeah. One way. With five kids like under every, seven. Every week. <laughs> you went to OMSI, the science place, all the time. You, you know, were you would take them all to the grocery store all the time. Well, I had to because you weren't home during daylight. But hours, what did that so. force you to do? It forced you to train your kids. Yeah. It's true. And it was harder work. And I, I know that some people listening are like Whoa, I just can't even imagine. I mean, imagine this, right? Going to Costco, there was a point where I had a kid in a, a Kelty backpack, a baby in an Ergo front pack at the same time, and then three kids in the cart, and then Kelsey pushing an extra cart to put food in. And that was me at Costco for a good couple of years. Yeah. And um, it was a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And so I had to make sure that they all had been nursed and pottied and fed and napped and all the things before going right to yeah. set them up for success um and then you know 
you give them the pep talk. We're going to show people that children are a blessing, right, guys? How do we do that? We smile. We use our manners. We say please and thank you. Excuse me. All the things. Yeah. And um, we just had to do that all the time. And, um, you know, if I hadn't taken them out as often as I did, I think it would have been harder, actually, because they would have been out of practice. It's kind of like having them sit in church But they got so many experiences to learn. And then I think about even more recently, just a couple years ago, we took a three-month RV trip around the country family of 10. I was still working full-time from a laptop at least 40 hours a week. And I was pregnant. And you were pregnant Eli, eight months, seven, six, seven and eight months, pregnant. six, seven yeah. and eight months pregnant. Uh, after, um, prior to that losing a baby. So there was some risk, mm-hmm. you know, at least in our minds, cause we're going through that prior. Yeah. And we, w- we visited 34 states. We went to D.C., uh, New York City, Yellowstone, Yellowstone, and Creation Museum. At the, you know, yeah. early afternoons, uh, I was available again to the evening. Weekends, I was available. Other than that, I was at coffee shops working. So a lot of the time that you spent with us was actually driving us from location to location. Yeah, yeah. Drive, I was a lot of driving and those mm-hmm. things. And I did have a lot of good experiences with the kids. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. For sure. Sometimes Fridays we would cut out early and I would go do stuff with the family. But the point is you were eight months pregnant, seven months pregnant, doing lots of major things with a large number of kids. <laughs> and I just want, sometimes it's hard to imagine yourself doing these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage you that the more you do, the more your capacity grows. And yeah. The more your capacity grows because you're allowing yourself to get uncomfortable for the sake of benefit of your kids, mm-hmm. the better, richer the experience is for your kids growing up. Yeah, it's true. And you know what? It's you guys, if I can do it, you can do it. I know I already said that a couple of times in this podcast, but it's really true. Like there's nothing I'm I'm an ordinary woman with the same amount of hours in my day that you have. And I have you know, I have an autoimmune disease and I have things that I deal with, right? Like mm-hmm. I have arthritis. I have all the pains, all the aches. Yep. I have a million like opportunities to give excuses for not doing things is what I'm saying, right? I get, I mean, I get massively sick when I'm pregnant. Yeah. Six of my pregnancies, I puked 14 to 16 times a day with HG and was getting IVs to get fluids, right? And so yeah. like, and, and I will say that during those times, I wasn't necessarily going out to the zoo as often when I was pregnant and sick. Those were Little House on the Prairie rerun days. And that's <laughs> okay know? sometimes. And it was okay. But I'm sharing that with you because I do want you to have like a full perspective and understanding. But I think that because I had those experiences, that was what kind of pushed me to try harder when I wasn't sick was like, oh, now's my time. Now is the season when I actually can do these things. I need to buckle up and I need to do the hard thing. Yeah. And I'm really thankful looking back because I do know that that stretched me. Yes, it was hard. Yes, I was tired. Yeah, there were times where I had to bite my tongue because I just wanted to say, everybody quiet in the car. Well, we, but- had, a, we had a family motto in our early years that I think really helped us, which is to choose growth. Yeah. And more importantly, to choose growth in the moment, Mm -hmm. because in the moments where we feel incapable, feel like we shouldn't uh, or it's too hard, we need to rise up and grow. Mm -hmm. And so that mentality, I think, reaped dividends, fruitfulness in our family. Mm hmm. I know that it did just in my own growth capacity for sure. 
one of the things that I always try to encourage other moms with is, listen, hey, I didn't have all eight kids at one time. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Like each time God grew my capacity and I walked through certain trials that grew me. But I could have walked those trials and it not grow me. Yeah. Like it was a choice to actually engage and use that as a boot camp to get me prepared for the next thing. Yeah. And um, I think that that is a huge theme that we need to pass on to our kids. And part of that is obviously our kids are not going to experience learning yeah. if we don't step out of our comfort zones to help them experience learning. Yeah. And so you don't have to do the three-month RV trip like we did. You can go to the local museum and... And you know what I mean? Like every season can be different. You can sign up for a co-op and do hikes in your area. There are so many opportunities. I remember Mount Zion, Grand Canyon, that trip, RV trip is a shorter trip, like a month. Oh yeah. Back when we had five kids, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all younger. And I just Mm -hmm. remember driving through Mount Zion National Park. All the kids were actually up at the big windows. It was a class A, big RV. Yeah. Oh man, that was scary. That was, I think... (laughs) If I remember correctly, one of the first times I've driven one of those on that it was, trip. It was a, was that our RV? I think, no, we rented that one. That maybe. was a 40 foot RV. Yeah, it was even bigger yeah. than ours. So we, I rented it and it was my first time ever driving one and we drove it all over the place. And the kids were up front and we were just looking at the mountains. But what we had playing was, what was playing, honey? So we had just found out about Answers in Genesis back then. This was about 15, 16 years ago. And we were listening to the Bryce Canyon and Zion National Park um, Answers in Genesis commentary that teaches you about the fossils and look to your right and look to your left. And over there you can see in the Grand Canyon. And, you know, like, so we had these CDs that were audio books that were teaching us about creation while we were driving through these parks that it was talking about and it was so powerful so that's an educational experience it's a family experience and some people might going on the dad side how did you go from not driving a big rig to driving a 40-foot rv well we have to choose growth too you did and kind of ease your way into it. We had a boat, you guys, for a while, and Isaac true. did drive, you know, the Forerunner with the boat attached for a while, and then you went to the RV. Sure, and I did commercial <laughs> fishing when I was 15 and 16, although boats very different. I did captain yeah. the ship at 15 years old, so I have some experiences, but still. And the other side of it is, how do you provide? We get this question a lot, too. How do you provide for such a big family? Well, I completely trust God because I don't think I can provide for a big family in my own mm-hmm. strength. Uh, that has been proven, actually. It's when I surrender to God that he provides mm-hmm. for my big family. And the other part, though, is I have had to rise up and grow in my faith and in things I'm doing and be willing to break out of my comfort zone to do things that can generate more income too. Which is experience and which is what we're talking about. We're talking about experiential learning. Mm -hmm. And actually, this is the thing. If you want your kids to have that kind of mentality of wanting to experience life and learn through experience, you have to model it for them. And so sometimes that means that God is actually going to call you out of your comfort zone to experience new things. And that is really truly like the story of our whole marriage. Yeah. Right. Stepping out of your comfort zone and doing hard things. And I can't remember very many comfortable parts of my life. <laughs> and you're, you're listening and going, what uh, a miserable, what a miserable life. No, you know, but it's so good. Uh, no, we never run out of things to talk about. It's been so good for our marriage. And we've grown so much and we still expect each other to continue to grow and to yeah. be constantly learning. And and that is the legacy we want to pass on to our kids is that Amen. they would be continuing to grow, continuing to learn. This is courageous 
parenting. This is courageous mom. This is resolute man. <laughs> right. So if you're attracted to these things, we're speaking to you with the assumption that you also have a spirit of courageousness, of being resolute as a man, standing firm for what's true. Trying new things, leading your kids in a new legacy. So we're never yeah. going to water things down, guys. Yeah. We do get some feedback sometimes of requests to water things down. Mm -hmm. And we're never going to water things mm -hmm. down. I can promise you that. So, hey, thanks for joining us. It was a fun conversation. And don't forget to listen in to this next week's podcast Which where we're we go covering over. Don't be a boring teacher, but it's going to be a really, really awesome uh, lesson there. And then next one is going at your kid's pace. And the next one is celebrate their milestones and unique ways to do that. And then how to start your day right. Oh, so good. We're going to dive in next week. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.